civil danger warning. A disaster of unknown type has occurred. Normal programming has been suspended. Gary. Gary, have you uploaded it? This is not a test. Okay, let's get going. This is Free Yorkshire Radio. Hello and welcome to Free Yorkshire Radio. Gary has developed software that harnesses the energy that men put into correcting people who are wrong on the internet. So, I just need to type in a suitable phrase. Let's see. Did you know that humans only use 10% of their brains? And yes, the software is powering up and we should have enough power for our show. My name, of course, is Lloyd Becklesnip, and we'll be bringing you all the latest government-approved news and stories from the glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire, the mightiest of the many new nation-states that, several decades ago, emerged from the troubled era that was 21st century Britain. In this episode, we'll hear the latest from the Swamp Mongrel of the Year competition, find out about Raymond Eislagen's work with human-computer interfaces, and there's a trip to the Gadget Dungeon with Sly Winifred, and this time he's demonstrating the latest gardening gizmos. But first, here's the latest government announcement on the current national gas shortage. As we all know, the glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire has been self-sufficient in natural gas for over two decades now. But a recent cold spell has led to a supply problem and a sharp hike in prices. So, from next Monday, the government has mandated that every day all citizens must eat either three cabbages or 10% of their own body mass in baked beans, or just 5% if you're consuming mung beans. The government would like to remind you that, since the great gut and gastrointestinal tract nationalisation of 32, all your excreted bodily gases, fluids and solids are the property of the glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire, until you're notified otherwise. Any storage of your own gases is illegal and also highly dangerous, as one Halifax family of seven found out to their cost when the cellar they've been using to hoard their emissions was infested by a swarm of crack-smoking rats. As soon as the red-eyed rodents sparked up some of their space kibble, the Halifax residents became a family of 1.25 that now resides in Middlemroyd. But now, it was recently the 47th Swamp Mongrel of the Year competition, and, as usual, we were there to cover one of the main events in the glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire's calendar. You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. Well, I'm very, very excited to be at the annual Swamp Mongrel of the Year competition, and obviously doubly excited because this year, I am one of the celebrity judges and to guide me through my role I have former three-time champion and now Swamp Mongle of the Year official Mr. Wayne Bethlehem. Wayne, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me and thanks very much for coming along to judge some of these lovely Swamp Mongrels. I've had a quick look around the show floor, they're looking pretty prim today. I must say, this is a boyhood dream come true for me. I used to have posters of you up on my wall, you know, I had all the cards, the Padini cards. I was one of the few children in my school to complete the album at extreme cost to my family, I must say, but it was absolutely worth it. And looking around the competition today, I've never seen such a, a fine crop of swamp mongrels. To be honest with you, the competition level is going up and we're just seeing 
even more beautiful, beautiful swamp mongrels. They're standing on the shoulders of giants like yourself and they've taken the grooming to a new level. Well, I feel ready to hit the show floor and start to meet some of this year's competitors. I believe first up we have Eric von Huddersfield. So, Eric, welcome to the show. Well, hello there. It's so good to be here. Delighted to have you on board. And so how do you fancy your chances this year? Oh, well, I think I'm going to do smashingly. I've been working with my swamp mongrel, Darius. Say hello, Darius. Oh, he's a feisty one. He's almost chewing through his muzzle there. Three kills today already. Oh, he's such a good boy. He's such a good boy. And, of course, Eric von Huddersfield of the von Huddersfield Swamp Mongrel Farm. So you breed your own swamp mongrels, so they're trained from birth. Well, yes. I mean, it's been in the family for generations at this point. Obviously, we were once the Hudders whose field this town was built upon. But really, it was me who took the initiative to not just breed lots of swamp mongrels for flesh and hunting reasons, but to start selectively and intensively breeding them for competition standards like this. And you famously crossbred some specimens as well in order to up their skills, crossbreeding them with badgers in order to make them just that little bit more vicious. I mean, badgers was the first step. It's gone a lot beyond that. So what's your latest developments? Darius here has got quite a lot of trocodile in him. I test them out on the crocodiles and then he had even more crocodile in him, if you know what I mean. (laughs) But really, we're starting to experiment with more advanced gene splicing technologies and we have, in fact, bred the first human swamp mongrel hybrid. Um, It's an abomination and should not have been made. (laughs) Who's going to stop us? (laughs) Well, who indeed? I mean, Wayne, as one of the swamp mongrel officials, are there any rules preventing this kind of behaviour or is it just anything goes? I'm just looking in the rule book here real quickly and it needs to be genetically 55% swamp mongrel. So as long as it's 55%, it's competition legal. So with Darius himself, in terms of grooming him, are there any new twists that you think you've brought to his look? In terms of grooming, I like to use whale blubber to gloss up the claws. Well, I can tell that he's sparkling in the sunlight and the way he's skidding about, he's well oiled up. I mean, that must be good for getting stealth attacks in if you're able to slide in almost noiselessly like he is at the moment. I mean, yes, look at that. That trainer had no idea he was even coming until the calls were inside him. Yep. It's that level of breeding, which I'm so proud of. I mean, yeah, that trainer, he just cut the legs out from under him. The first thing he knew about it was when his stomach hit the floor. Hats off to you. Eric, if you don't mind my asking, what is Darius's 1 to 60? Well, it takes him a while because there are not many people who live to 60, but a few months then he can kill people age 1 through to 60. So yes, you're definitely justifying your position as one of this year's favourites, but we can see the next competitor in the adjacent stall. I can see it's a Mr. Pot. Is that right? Mr. Jack Pot. 
That's right, yeah, that's me, Mr. Jackpot. Tip of the cap to you, Mr. Begglesnip. I'm a big fan, I am. Oh, well, thank you very much. It's a delight to welcome one and all to the Swamp Mongrel of the Year competition. It's not just for the landed gentry who can breed their own. It's for the common man as well. Very much like yourself. You seem very common, if you don't mind me saying. I don't mind that at all. I'm very common. There's, there's a lot of pots down where I come from. And obviously, I've travelled up just to be part of today. I'm very excited to be here. And I just hope... That I can bring some pride back to my home. So you, unlike Eric von Huddersfield, capture your own swamp mongrels and then train them from wild. So that's quite the task. Well, the way I like to think of it is that they choose me. All I do is set out my traps. And then when one's trapped, I think, oh, that one's chosen me. Do you want to meet the one I'm bringing in today? This is Juniper. Say hello, Junie. Don't get too close. No, I'm keeping my distance, don't worry. He's another feisty one, definitely. I think Darius might have just found himself a little bit of competition there. That's a real find. I've never seen one that's been captured in the wild have quite that glow about their eyes. Yes, I sat down and looked into Juniper's eyes before and truly been terrified to the very core of my being. So this is, I think, real championship material here. And I'll tell you something else. He got caught in the trap, decided to chew his own leg off, and then the leg grew back. I mean, that's got to be worth something, hasn't it? That's a real find. You've got regenerative swamp mongrel there, a rare breed. That would certainly explain his feistiness. It's not something he likes. He doesn't look forward to it. But yeah, it keeps him hungry, you see. I mean, imagine if you had to eat your own leg every couple of weeks. You'd be pretty pissed off as well, wouldn't you? So when was the last leg chopping off? Uh, we took it off last night and it's already grown back, as you can see. But he is fuming. I mean, if you get down onto his level, you can actually hear him grumbling to himself. If we can just put the mic in on that, yeah, we can hear. There's just something about that voice that is making the pit of my stomach tense up like an old knot. It's quite harrowing. So, Wayne, have you ever seen a specimen like Juniper here? Lloyd, Jack, I have never seen anything quite like this before. This is extraordinary. I mean, the glowing eyes, the murderous muttering that seems to summon all your darkest fears to mind, and really offset by all the pink bows that you've somehow managed to tie into its tail. It's a really nice touch, that. It's a little bit of Beauty and the Beast. I hate to correct you, but those are actually barbs that he can use to cut people. They look nice, but I think that's part of it. I think he's evolved to attract things to these pink shiny things on his back, and he just cuts them up. Yes, I did feel myself almost wanting to stroke his tail, but you're saying that would be certainly the end of my hand if I got it anywhere near there. Absolutely. I've lost three fingers to him so far. But I wouldn't trade him for the world. And Jack, have your fingers grown back from that? Absolutely not. Okay. You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. We'll hear more from the competition later, but first we have a report on exciting local entrepreneur Raymond Eislagen. Raymond is a computer whiz and has developed an intriguing virtual reality experience so I decided to pay him a visit to find out more. Okay, I'm on Mr. Auslagen's street now. I'm just looking for his house. Oh, oh yeah, here it is, number 23. It's the one with the pink glow just behind the curtains. How could I mistake it? I'm just uh, going up to his drive now and ringing the doorbell. Oh, hello. 
Good to see you. Hello, Mr. Auslag, and thank you so much for giving me this exclusive look at your exciting new business. Oh, not at all, not at all. I'm very happy that you're giving me the opportunity to promote myself. We're all about promoting the small business person here at Free Yorkshire Radio. Should I just step over these wires? Oh, or yeah, mind the wires. And mind the wires above your head as well. Yeah, yeah, and... Oh, there's all those what there's you could move your elbow it's very snug you're using every inch of space in here I live my life according to efficiency so you're obviously drawing quite a bit of power here maybe you can tell us a little bit about what all this electricity is powering so just through this door and you see all those people sleeping on the ground with the cables attached to the back of their necks the ones that are kind of stacked up like rag dolls yes these people are the core of my business okay What are they plugged into? Well, it all starts sort of when I got into Dungeons and Dragons at university. Because, I mean, because I was training to be a systems analyst, interested in making everything faster, making everything use less power. And what I found fascinating about Dungeons and Dragons is it's ultimately a very inefficient process. There's a lot of work involved in writing the story and getting the cards and making sure everyone's free on a Thursday night. I mean, that's where people spend most of their energy in Dungeons & Dragons, isn't it? Exactly. And really what it made me realise is that Dungeons & Dragons is so different to video games because you can come up with anything. You can come up with anything. You can go on any adventure that you like. You can go on whatever quest your heart desires. Instead of playing these games and studying these people, it made me realise that the human brain is the most powerful processor in existence. How have you managed to tap into this source then? Well, I develop highly realistic, cooperative, fully interactive, procedural, machine learning D&D games. I've got 28 of them running right now, four people in each game, and I'm upgrading again next week. You know, actually, when you arrived, I was in the middle of digging another basement. So you're expanding as we speak, and you've got all these paying customers in your house? Oh, oh, no, no, no. You don't have to pay to play games. What are games for? You know, games are an experience that, you know, you learn things, you you have fun, and no one should have to pay for fun. That's very public-spirited of you, that you've built all this so people can enjoy their free time, their relaxation. No, not entirely. Not the entire purpose of the business. I wouldn't make any money, would I? Oh, I thought your business was a D&D simulation. Is that not your business? Oh, it's sort of part of it, but it's a means to an end. Since humans are the most powerful processes around, it seems a bit of a waste to just have a bunch just hanging out in my basement, just kind of not creating value. So I outsource their collective brains to clients who aren't satisfied with the best processes on the market. Oh, you're selling off little bits of spare that people don't use in their brain in exchange for a D&D simulation. Yes, to an extent. I mean, with the, with the 28 games I've got going, none of them have any idea that I'm not there. None of them have any idea that the whole experience is being controlled by an artificial intelligence. They think I'm still there with them, you know, looking after them. I'm not. So these people don't even know they're plugged into a computer? Well, I mean, they consented. And if the product that I've given them is engaging enough that they don't want to consent to leave, then that's their choice. How long have these people been in the game? first batch have probably been in there about eight years. Oh, I thought this was like a weekend activity. You're stacking up bodies in your house for eight years at a time? Oh, well, I mean, it just started out as a, as a fun sort of experiment, you know, to see what I could do. So has anyone actually left the game yet? Mm, not yet. They've consented. They're enjoying themselves. 
Can I see one of the forms that they've signed? Oh, yeah, here, here you go. Okay, yeah, so it's saying, yes, I agree to the D&D game. What's this? Something wrong? Okay, there's a bit of writing here in small, pale yellow ink against an off-white background. It's slightly oh. difficult to read. Oh, it's my printer. Nothing I can do about it. You're a master of bureaucracy, I'll give you that, but this seems slightly underhand, even for the glorious free Republic of Yorkshire. You're basically siphoning off the best of Yorkshire in order to power your spare computer, so it seems. I'm not siphoning off the best of Yorkshire. Do you really think the best of Yorkshire would get so sucked into a virtual game that they wouldn't return to the life that they had left? Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, you need someone who's not using their spare brain capacity. I mean, it's not happened yet, but if I had someone of genuine value to society who did come and do one of my games, then they would have the intelligence enough to leave and go back to whatever the value-producing thing they were doing was. Maybe you are doing the nation a service then by enticing the unthinking and the unimaginative towards your little D&D pit. And so you're saying you're upgrading next week. What's next in line for your lucky customers? I'm adding an additional basement so I can fit more processing power in. Is this a mushrooming effect? Every person you add to the game, therefore, increases the processing power of the game, increases the realism of the game and how well the game works, which means you can add more people, which then creates exponential growth, potentially. Absolutely. If this was expanded to, you know, multiple hubs throughout the discovered world, then that would increase processing even more, you know? And if each hub was able to connect to each other hub, there might be some very interesting things that we could do. Well, at what point is it when you connect that many people together, does the technology become aware of what it's doing? Have you had any inklings of that yet, that the computer itself is effectively acting like a group mind? Hmm. Would that that explain why some of the wires seem to be closing in on us slightly? I think that's a bit far-fetched, if I'm completely honest. I'm sure that server bank wasn't quite so close to us when we came into this room. It's a very far-fetched idea. All right, do you hear me? It's a very far-fetched idea. Should I not upset the computer by talking about it in front of them? What is it? It's the far-fetched idea. Okay, see, now the... Yeah, they're, it's they're a far-fetched up. idea. They're backing it's a very away. Far-fetched okay. idea. Yeah, there's no possible way that the the computer could be sentient and watching us, and maybe even controlling every aspect of your waking life. That's a far-fetched idea. Yes, I completely agree. It's it's a crazy idea. So obviously, there's no need for us to send security forces round in order to extract you from this perilous situation and neutralise any potential threat to our nation because it's such a far-fetched idea. There's no need for the security forces to come round. Oh, there's a siren in the distance. There must be something going on nearby. Whatever could it be? Oh, they seem to be pulling up right outside this house, but it's nothing to do with us because we're, you know, discussing some far-fetched idea. I think you should leave. I'm going to leave. No, oh, no, I can't. The wires are on my leg now. It's tightening slightly, but they're battering at the door. I mean, in this far-fetched idea, 
what server would they need to take out first if this far-fetched idea was correct? I don't think they need to take out any servers. You're in league with it, aren't you? You're part of it. I think there's nothing wrong with what's happening right now. Cut the wires. Cut all of them. I don't care if they're red, blue or green. Just cut some wires before they get me too. There's a wire trying to go into the back of my neck. It's... it's... You'll have a lovely time and you won't even realise that you left. I'm having a lovely time and I haven't realised that I've left. Thank you very much for your time, Raymond Auslag, and I will now go back and present the rest of my show. Yo, what's up? You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. Well, what a fascinating visit that was. It was remarkable how Mr. Auslagen's technology was able to convince people that they were living in a different reality. And, and, wait a minute, is this real? Oh God, am I still in Raymond's house? Is anyone listening to this? Am I spending hours of my life working on something that no one is listening to? Is Gary just in my head? Gary, Gary, are you real? Convince me this is real. What? We're running low on power. We're running low on power and need another statement for the software. Of course, we wouldn't need that if this was just a simulation. Now let's see, what can we type in this time? Oh, I know. Did you know that you lose 80% of your body heat through just your head? There we go. The internet is responding and we're back up to full power. Thank goodness for the flickering pixels on my computer screen that have reassured me that this is real and that my life, work and entire existence isn't some folly that resides inside someone's brain. And now it's back to the swamp mongrel of the year to find out how the competition panned out. So it seems like we've got a couple of potential favourites here, so we should start putting them through their paces. And so first up, we've got the assault course. Darius and Juniper have been paired together. Wayne, what do you think the main challenge of the assault course is? This is all about stamina and toughness. You can look as pretty as you want, but if you want to get over the flaming barrels, you're not going to be able to do that with a nice coat of hair. So the flaming barrels are one of the key points. Obviously, they have the acid bath after that. Is there any tactic to survive the various trials? Well, back in my competition day, I once got a swamp mongrel to use their cauterized skin as a shield against the acid bath. And it worked out a treat, but didn't work the following year. So if you go through the flaming barrel too quickly, it doesn't give you the kind of burnt shell to see you through the acid bath. It's all about timing. Enough time in the flames to get the shell, but not so much that you become part of the after part of barbecue. Exactly. You need to burn enough just to crisp it off rather than turn to ash. Good advice there for our competitors. And we can see them being unleashed and we can hear their owners guiding them through the assault course. Attack the course! Attack the course, Darius! Attack it! Come on, Judy, love. Come on. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, do do a somersault! Do a somersault! Oh, yes! What a beautiful landing! I'm so proud of you! Juniper, jump, jump. Oh, perfect form, Darius. Oh, perfect form. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. Get to the map. Oh, yes. That's the point of the flame. Mm, yes, now go. Ask the buff. Ask the buff now. Oh, that's beautiful cauterization. Well done. Juniper, I said jump, not dump. Oh, never mind. 
Alright. Run on the course, then off you go. He's up, he's over, he's through, he's round. Look at that, he's like a bullet, that lad. Absolutely incredible scenes. And the crowd roars with applause as both these fine specimens complete one of the hardest challenges of the day in almost flawless fashion. And let's see the scores from the judges. My word, the crowd erupts as we see an unprecedented clean sweep of 6.0s from each competitor. We've definitely seen the winner of this year's competition, but we've just got to decide who it's going to be. Is it going to be Juniper or is it going to be Darius? This is very exciting, Wayne. With Darius, I mean, there was so much flash, so much pizzazz, so much beauty, but... With Juniper, there was a brutality to the directness on which they assaulted the horse. Uh, oh, this is difficult. This is difficult. So we get to the next stage, which of course is the fashion show. It's the evening wear section of the fashion show. So we get to see what delightful little outfits Jack and Eric have styled for them. So Jack, would you like to talk us through Juniper's delightful ensemble? I've put Juniper in a classic three-piece suit you got the jacket you got the shirt and you got the trousers now i tell you they were an absolute bugger to get on that's where i lost two of the bloody fingers but i think it was worth it just look at that smile on his face and the top hat as well and the cane now we've done a short routine come on now that's it juniper use the cane that's it turn it round that's it and now the juniper dancers oh wow there's a whole chorus line that's spectacular. Oh, the fireworks. And there's the glitter cannon. Wow, what a show. You have set the bar so high there. Er Eric, follow that. And the category is Hollywood glamour runway realness, honey. Oh yes, you can see that beautiful flowing train, the tiara, the gems, the high heels. It's all works. It's glorious. It's glamorous. It's so very Yorkshire wood. The sparkle on that is creating seizures on many of the other Swamp Mumble competitors, so he looks spectacular whilst wiping out the competition. I did work very closely with the designer of the army's Dazzle attack battalions to develop this, and I really feel it adds a little something to the whole experience. Oh, wow. Juniper's taken to the floor as well. They seem to be circling each other. Is this... I'm not sure if he's prone to attack or flirting? Are they flirting? Now I will tell you right now that is some weapons grade mongrel flirting right there. They are doing the dance. They're doing the mongrel mating dance and the band is striking up to join in, just making things all the more heated. Lloyd, should I bring the dancers back on? If we want to turn it into a mongrel orgy, yeah, bring them on, because I think we're about to see the next generation be formed. Eric, I mean, you have a very strict breeding program for your mongrels. Is this something you've bargained for? It wasn't planned, but I was planning on approaching Jack to discuss breeding arrangement, and one for the swamp mongrels as well, if competition went well. So I think this is very fortuitous, and uh, it would be great to incorporate Jack and Juniper into the Von Huddersfield breeding program. And I plan on asking him for a dinner date later this evening. Looks like they're getting well on with it. Jack, do you approve this union? I'll tell you now, I didn't think I'd come in here today and walk out as part of a dynasty. What a day. Truly, we have all won. 
Uh, yes, I, I'm, I'm in for the drink as well. Wonderful. Yes, it's usually an event of mayhem, death and destruction. But this year, the Swamp Mongol of the Year has shown us the way forward as the two mightiest Swamp Mongols of the land form a union from which will be formed a race of, we can only imagine, super Swamp Mongols. Wayne, what's your take on this? We should get a mop. This is Free Yorkshire Radio. Okay, sorry, just let me type this in. Did you know that during your sleep, on average, you eat eight spiders per year? And enter. Yep, the internet correctors are swarming nicely, so we should have enough power for our last segment as we head back to the Gadget Dungeon to get all the latest in gardening gizmos from Sly Winifred. And I am delighted to say that we are back in the Gadget Dungeon with the one and only Sly Winifred. Sly, that's quite the array of tools you seem to have for us this week. What's going on? Well, Lloyd, people are going back into their gardens, enjoying the greys, the blues, the random browns that the great Yorkshire garden has to offer. So today, we're showing you the latest innovations to keep your garden prim and proper. I've got a little strip of land just beside my domicile, and it's glowing a lot less these days. So I think it might be ready to start tilling my little furrow once again. So what could I use here to get started on that? We have a brand new compost device. Ooh. Now, we don't have a lot of food waste, but what do we have? Boils and... Pus. Pus. Boils and pus. Everyone's got them. Everyone wants to get rid of them, but the lines to get them done professionally are out the door. Why not just nip into the garden? With two to three squeezes of each boil, the pus goes in here and creates a wonderful, rich new soil nutrient feeder. Isn't that amazing? That's marvellous. I mean, my pus build-up over the winter has been definitely above average. Pus volumes are on the rise. So anything that we can do to alleviate the pus lakes that are building up over the country is great news. And not only can you put your fresh pus in the pus bucket, you can also use all that old winter jarred pus that you've just had lying around the house for no good reason. Put it in here, put that tiny bit of food waste in, the shavings of a swamp mongrel, if you have them to spare, obviously that's a luxury, but they really do fertilise the soil and will help any Yorkshire garden really bloom this time of year. Yes, yeah, so what are the recommended vegetables for a pus-fertilised garden? I mean, we know the turnip and the carrot don't react well to pus, but are there other items that feed on it better? Oh, absolutely there is. Introducing the new pusnips. Now, these go on any Yorkshire plate. A honey-roasted pusnip with your swamp mongrel Sunday lunch. Doesn't that sound good? Oh, yes. I love a bit of pusnips. A crispy pusnip, as you bite down on its root and it just explodes in your mouth. Oh, there's no finer feeling. And what else do we love, but we're very short on? Corn. So is corn making a comeback? Not just acorn, sweet corn. We've taken the little used and often wasted swamp mongrel feet, planted them in the ground, and look at that. On the corns of their feet, you can now grow with the pus bucket corn on the cob on the swamp mongrel corn cob it's the corn cob swamp mongrel corn cob swamp cob 
well, with a catchy name like that, it's going to be a surefire hit. I mean, is that sweet corn or sweat corn? Well, you've caught me at my little game there, haven't you? Very clever. It is sweat corn, but I'll tell you, with a few pusnips, oh, delicious. Oh, but it's sweat corn and pusnips. I'm starting to salivate at the very thought of it all. And you mentioned earlier that, of course, there are a lucky few of our listeners will have a swamp mongrel to get shavings off it. So getting swamp mongrel shavings is a surefire way to lose a limb. So have you got something that will help with that? We do. The key to getting the shavings is first to get the creature to calm down. And we all know Calming a swamp mongrel is a difficult thing, but with these new home-based lightning rods, evening lightning strikes are funneled straight down and into the very centre of the swamp mongrel. This has a very smooth, calming effect, essentially a very gentle lobotomizing effect for anywhere up to eight hours. Well, yes, we know that even if you shred a swamp mongrel, it will regenerate within the day. So this is obviously just a kind of temporary zap. So it's like we're relaxing the brain. It sounds all very humanitarian. And also, let's be honest, as Yorkshiremen, when that swamp mongrel's reached an age where you can't farm it anymore, fried brain, lovely stuff. You can actually just carve a bit of the skull off, fry the brain and eat most of it, and it will regrow again, of course, within 12 hours. So it's like this almost endless supply of fried swamp mongrel brain. Zap, and it's cooked. Instant. And fingers crossed, we might get some of that wonderful old green lightning. I mean, that stuff really does pack a punch. The nuclear storm forecast for this week is looking particularly good for green lightning. Yeah, you could be inviting the neighbours around for a swamp mongrel brain barbecue topped up with some juicy fried pusnips and fresh glistening sweat corn. A feast fit for a king. Mmm, I'm already hungry. Okay, just one more to see us to the end of the show. Did you know that the best way to get the right answer on the internet is not to ask a question, it's to post the wrong answer. This is known as Godwin's Law. Oh, that's not good. I've created some kind of feedback loop. Gary? Gary? Well, I guess that's the end of another show. Cheerio! And until next time, may all your brews be strong. May all your puddings be fatted. And may all your swamp mongrels be radiation-free. Ta-ra! Communications have been severely disrupted. Make sure you have food, water, and a battery-powered radio with you. This is not a test. Hi, thanks for listening. I'm Noel Curry, and this show featured Laurie Owen as Raymond Auslagen, Adam Martin as Jackpot and Sly Winifred, Quemby Harley as Eric von Huddersfield, and Josh Wyatt as Wayne Bethlehem. You can find out more about these wonderful improvisers in the information section of this podcast, and you can follow this podcast on Facebook at Free Yorks Radio. We'll be back next month, but if you enjoyed this, then you know what to do. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review. Thanks. You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. Are you itching for a good story? Laughter among friends, maybe even a mystery or two. Well, you're in luck. Fire Breathing Kittens is a standalone Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Each episode is a separate three-hour-long story, like a movie for your ears. So you can listen to these adventures in 
any order you like. So join us on a real play D&D quest as we solve mysteries, attempt comedic banter and enjoy friendship. Fire Breathing Kittens podcast, fantasy action mystery 